Section 2 of The Brilliant Proof by Mirza Abul Fazle Golpaigani. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 2. As to the first point, which is the testimony of narrators, this missionary, Peter Z. Easton, has relied upon the statements of certain persons who have written against the most holy beauty of abha in criticism and arrangement he says quote, why did not that esteemed man wilberforce heed and pay attention to the accounts of the christian missionaries who have lived in persia and the vicinity of Akka, all of whom have written against baha'u'llah this is a summary of the proof advanced by that reverend missionary but in the estimation of the people of knowledge such proof is exceedingly weak and base in the first place the writer of this article is truly and verily astounded that a man such as peter z easton who considers himself among the scholars of the twentieth century and accounts himself a judge competent to differentiate truth from falsehood that a man of his calibre should rely upon the testimony of one side only he should weigh the statements of at least twenty persons affirmative and negative friendly and hostile good and evil then ponder upon the sayings of the two sides with justice in order that he may arrive at a truthful conclusion as to the question and a judge with fairness and equity for just as some have written unfavourably regarding the most holy beauty of abha other people of insight and perception both eastern and western historians have recorded the utmost praise and eulogy in their books concerning the most holy beauty of abha according to what rule should conclusions be reached is man to be content with the judgment of the enemy alone and to consider as valid all that the opponent has written is it not true that everyone who has committed this mistake has done so by listening to the statements of one side and paying no attention to the testimony of others furthermore have not the people of europe read history have they not heard the famous aphorism history repeats itself did not the great roman philosopher and historian tacitus at the beginning of the christian era and the commencement of the spread of christianity write in the most unmistakable terms that quote, the christian religion is the enemy of humanity end quote. in another place he wrote quote, the christian religion is among the destructive superstitions end quote. suetonius who was another of the philosophers and a roman historian pronounced the pure christian religion quote, 
dishonesty its acceptance contrary to truthfulness and high-mindedness and inimical to loyalty and good citizenship End quote. refer to the histories of the church in order that these statements may be confirmed with your own eyes and that you may bear witness to the ignorance of peter z easton regarding historical facts at present although travelling the writer has with him four histories of the church representing protestantism catholicism and greek orthodoxy among the books written by the greek roman and alexandrian philosophers against the christian religion nay rather against the very person of his holiness christ upon him be glory is that of celsus one of the famous philosophers of the second christian century he compiled a large book replete with terrible libels and calumny against the pure and holy person of christ porphyry the syrian who was among the greatest of platonic philosophers wrote a large book against christianity recording therein accusations and abusive attack against his holiness christ and his disciples this book was burned and destroyed by the order of two christian emperors sidotius and dolevantianus the historians of the church state that he was an eminent philosopher and an accomplished author ferento the eloquent master of rhetoric a tutor of king antonius wrote fifteen volumes against the christian religion and the quote, ignoble manners end quote, of the christians he antonius himself was one of the great emperors noted for erudition and philosophy european scholars speak of him as quote, the caesar of sublime wisdom end quote, and have written lofty chapters detailing his virtues james murdoch the american in his translation of the history of the church says with regard to the great university which was founded by ammonius saccas at alexandria and which is in need of no introduction or praise on account of its fame quote, from this university graduated two erudite scholars of eminence one was the emperor mark antony and the other was epictetus in short this great and wise emperor whose praises you have heard spoke of the christian people in terms of quote, inimical pretenders end quote, quote, imperfect minds end quote, quote, bereft of virtues and praiseworthy qualities end quote. this emperor considered it an important duty to be hostile to christians and exert himself in destroying them he says quote, you should ask concerning jesus of nazareth from his own people the jews and not 
from these poor romans none of whom have seen him but whom baseness and indolence have caused to follow him emperor julian who was likewise an eminent philosopher but whom the christians designate julian the apostate has written many books denouncing christianity and criticizing the manners of the christian community he called them enemies of the world of humanity but what the jews have written concerning his holiness jesus christ is beyond the power of the pen to portray one point however is sufficient for the man of intelligence and sagacity namely that nineteen hundred years have passed since the manifestation of christ and yet none of the jews expresses a wish to investigate his religion this well shows what the jewish learned men have written concerning his holiness and what evil qualities they have attributed to him taking the above facts into consideration we ask the astonishing writer peter z easton whether it is worthy of any unprejudiced man of sense to judge the character and qualities of baha'u'llah by relying upon those who have written against him if so how can one be expected to disregard what the above-mentioned hostile philosophers and eminent writers have stated concerning christ and trust in the text of the gospels written by his disciples rather than the testimony of learned men engaged in investigating the qualities and characters of his holiness is this not very astonishing but the writer of this article states that neither in these days nor in the days of christ should an intelligent man judge of a person by trusting in what his enemies say of him nay one should look at the deeds actions and traces of that person and reflect upon that which has emanated from him thus recognizing as the right criterion christ's own saying ye shall know the tree by its fruit for it is self-evident and proven thousands of times that every great personage finds many enemies who are jealous of him and when an enemy feels himself impotent he clings to slander and calumny and engages in libels and execration hence it is said by wise men evil speech is the weapon of the weak james murdoch of america in his translation of church history writes that quote, although roman rulers were mostly temperate and liberal towards their subjects in religious freedom yet for two reasons they interfered with the christians and endeavoured to extinguish and eradicate them first because of love for their own religion wherefore they would not allow the christians to interfere therewith 
and cause a weakening and degrading thereof second because the opponents of christianity accused its followers of vile calumnies before the rulers and characterized them with all kinds of vice and defects such as lack of piety abandonment of prayer and worship desire for dominion and power and a wish for leadership and changing of the government they accused the christians of immoral deeds and even of cannibalism asserting that the christians would kidnap the children of the romans kill them and prepare their flesh for consumption at banquets and entertainments End quote. this is a brief account of the calumnies which the above author has related so that men may thereby differentiate truth from falsehood were one to ponder over these facts he would testify that dependence upon such falsehoods and calumnies has always been the excuse of the enemies of god whereas such methods have never been conducive to attaining the knowledge of god and separating truth from falsehood for instance how can a man of perception trust in the words of baha'u'llah's enemies who have written that he god forbid intended to poison his brother were such sayings to be considered a criterion the truth of no one could be proven for all among the prophets have been the subject of similar reviling and accusations moreover jealousy and enmity entertained by mirza yahya the azal for baha'u'llah dates back to the time of their residence in baghdad when in that city yahya witnessed the shining traces tablets of the sacred being whereby he assisted the cause of god caused the penetration of the word of god affected the gathering and union of the beloved and resisted the schemes and deceitful activities of the enemy azal himself fearing for his life which tendency is the most specific quality of the people of falsehood did not dare to appear nor to associate with people then the fire of jealousy and hatred which is so aflame to-day in the heart of mr easton became a blaze in his heart and he repeatedly planned to murder baha'u'llah again he sought to poison baha'u'llah in adrianople and according to trustworthy authorities attempted to do so twice but failing to accomplish his design availed himself of a new scheme and cried out that others had sought to poison him and take his life it is an evident point that a weak and defeated enemy always stoops to such pretexts and seeks to resist his opponents through secret means and subtle designs on the contrary the victorious and powerful party has no need of employing such means 
for if baha'u'llah had sought to destroy azal he was not impotent and needed no such method for the execution of his plan numerous historical and tangible evidences can be furnished to demonstrate and prove that it was even the powerful and mighty pen of baha'u'llah which protected from death his own enemies such as subh azal nasreddin shah and certain great doctors and divines otherwise the babis would not have allowed a single one of these people to have escaped alive yea it was baha'u'llah who through the effect of pure heavenly utterances even more refreshing than the zephyrs of the morn wafting from the rose garden and even more limpid than the vernal rain which distills drop by drop from the fragrant rose petals trained his friends so that the people of the world were amazed and astonished for these possessors of hearts and souls three hundred and thirteen of whom resisted in battle thousands of the regular troops of the government during many months astonishing and bewildering the enemy as well as the warriors of other nations by their valour heroism strength of heart firmness and resolution in the terrible battles of neiriz zanjan and mazandaran were so trained in tenderness of heart and gentleness of disposition through the glorious teachings of baha'u'llah that during the long years from the time of his arrival in baghdad down to the present day they have shown forbearance and self-restraint throughout many great events and have not committed that which would disturb any soul or be contrary to the law of any government they were killed but they killed no one they endured violent calamities but their lips were not opened in complaint when the late haji muhammad reza of esfahan suffered martyrdom in the city of eshkabad in eighteen eighty two a d the chief of police found the city in great excitement and the baha'is exposed to danger he therefore permitted the baha'is to carry arms but they did not do so considering death better than self-defence the government then engaged in the trial of those who conspired and murdered the martyrs after five months trial examining and hearing both sides a high justice of the war department accompanied by an imposing body arrived at eshkabad from st petersburg an open court the account of whose proceedings would lead to prolixity was held that court ordered two of the murderers to be hanged and the conspirators to be imprisoned for life in siberia and subjected to hard labor as the governor of the province had the right to lessen this penalty in three days four of the baha'is appeared before him this great man was kamarov 
the victor of merv and the viceroy of the province they interceded for the condemned murderers as the governor was greatly pleased with the excellent conduct and good training of the bahais he accepted their intercession and exercised his authority by changing the verdict of hanging into exile and reducing the punishment of the others from hard labor to simple confinement these incidents referred to are not based upon hearsay but are recorded in the register of the government of eshkabad and in other official papers now could such a pure morality kindness and gentleness such training and noble conduct be inculcated by one who had attempted murder and who sought to poison his own brother what then becomes of the words of his holiness christ ye shall know them by their fruit and what becomes of the criterion embodied in the words thou makest righteous by thy words and thou judgest by thy sayings should hatred for the people of baha cause one to deny all reliable criteria and rules of judgment it is for ye to judge end of section two